This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end-times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Wherever you're listening to me throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. Once again, I have Apostle Don Beasley. He's the senior pastor at Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, welcome back, Don. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Well, it's always good having you. Now, we left off last week, and we mentioned that we would now talk today on the early and latter rains. I think there's so much in the Bible, prophetically speaking and dealing and talking about this subject, and it's critically important. Uh, the Holy Spirit is critically important. So, uh, Don, why don't you share a little bit? I know you have a wealth of information on this. It's a passion of your heart. On the early and latter rains, what are we talking about, the early and latter rains? Well, you know, most of the time when you we hear this from Bible prophecy or whatever, we talk about, you know, like early rains, think of like prophetic beginnings and the end of a period. Yes, and that has some truth to it. And the reality is, is that, you know, then we think of the latter rains as like some end times thing or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, but then the reality is in the middle of that, you know, we're kind of left with, well, whatever. That's right. And, the, but they're actually the, every season, every harvest season has early and the latter rain. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, you can't have a harvest without an early and latter rain. And just like every, Every season of like every season when they would harvest the grapes, they would have to have a new wine skin every year. Right. Not just like, you know, we talk about wine skins like they're like uh, denominational ministries and wine skin or whatever. And while there could be some truth to that, it wouldn't be a biblical narrative in any way. It's really kind of a made up thing. We start saying this is a wine skin. Sure. Because we actually violate all the truths that Jesus taught us about that. And if you go back and study what a wineskin is. So the early and the latter rains are kind of the same thing. The the early and the latter rain were something very familiar. So Jesus was talking to people in his day about early and latter rains. They would understand that in the same way as if he talked about a animal sacrifice. Yes. Which they'd understand that. Or if he talked about tithing or if he talked about first fruits or any of those terms, they would understand what he was talking about. That's right. Where when we hear it, you know, we have to go look it up and then kind of somehow make it fit into whatever it is that we're doing. So <laughs> the early rain is the word yore, and it means to soften the ground for fallowing or seeding. Yes. So you have to plow the ground 
in order to be able to see the ground. You don't just go out and put the seed on top of the ground. And so Jesus told a story about soils. And he said there were different kinds of soils. And he said there was the hard ground or the pathways around like where you walk around the fields or people traverse and travel or whatever. And he said that seed would be sown on that ground, but that it wouldn't take root or grow. Right. Because it needed to be softened. And what the in the Old Testament, it would talk about the break up the fallow ground. So the ground that had been laying not worked or whatever. And so that's done when we, it's, it's about that in the biblical message of early rain is about when uh, repentance begins to happen. That's right. And it begins to, so the early rains are poured out. In any season of revival, there has to be early rains. And the early rains are the repentant times whenever we repent from the hard trodden heart, the iniquity of our heart. And the Bible says that our iniquity separates us from the face of God. Right. And so whenever the Bible says, seek the face of God, the reason it says that is because you're going to have to get past your iniquities to see the face of God. That's right. And the iniquities are the deep-seated brokenness in our heart. It's like when it says, if we turn away from the Lord, we'll return to where we came from, and that'll be to the iniquities that we once held on to us or whatever. And so that that's really the, the hard path soil around in our heart. And then it says that, then Jesus said in the second group was the stony part of the heart. There's rocks in the field. And when I was a kid growing up, we farmed ground and, and we had a rock fence around the outside of the field. And I, I and I always wondered, you know, where that comes from. But every year we would, you'd go walk through the field and you'd take these uh, wagon and you'd take all the rocks out of the field that that were pushed up from the rains and the frosting of the ground and get them out of the way because they would tear up your equipment. And then if they were there, the stuff around them wouldn't grow very well. And then you'd build that fence around the border of your field, you know? And so the, when I think about the stones, as you said, they're stony soil. I think about the, the habits of our life, the brokennesses that we have and the habits that we do. So we return to doing the same things over and over and over again. Right. We have to create new habits in our present in order to live in the, the life God wants us to have. And then there's the thorny soil, which, you know, we understand that it's, it's when stuff is growing and then it, uh, it said worldliness, the love of riches or whatever chokes that life right out of us. And so when I think of early and latter rains, I think of time seasons of harvest as far as like when we're talking about our ministry callings and whatever. Sure. But before we get to that, it's a personal thing. Every single year of our life and every season of our life, we have to go through this ourselves on a continual basis. And there'll never be a time in our life separated from being in heaven, the kingdom of God, that we're not going to have to uh, deal with this. And then there's the latter rain. So those are the, the early rains are all about that. So we soften the fallow ground and then we seed it. And then there's from the seeding time to the harvest time, there's always a period of time and there's a lot of stuff you got to deal with in between there. But then the latter rain comes, that's the makash, and it's for ripening or for the release of the harvest. And so the, when the latter rains comes is when the harvest begins to be released. But we really can't pray for, if you pray for latter rain and you don't pray for early rain, and if, if, if you try to walk in the latter rain outpourings of harvest and you haven't been through the early rains of preparation, I, I don't really think it's going to, it's not going to count too much. You, you won't have a preservation of harvest. You may have a harvest, but it'll be very difficult to preserve it. 
Well, no, um, no you're exactly right. Eternity. You can just take it in the natural realm. I mean, uh, if a person doesn't do the softening and the seeding, how do you, how do you have a harvest later on? I right. mean, you have to do that first part to reap the the second part or the harvest. Right. And, and, and so, so the, yeah, you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So and then so my question I asked, and as I was looking at all this, is then what is spiritual rain, and how in the world is it released? Yes. Because that's what you know. So we. So we're saying, okay, we're praying for latter rain. What are we actually praying for? Um, and where does it come from? How does it get released and all that kind of stuff like that, you know? And um, what was really interesting is the Lord was walking me through this. As he was walking me through this, I ended up in John 7, 37, where it said, On the great and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, and that's a, powerful. It didn't say this who believes in me. It said, he who believes in me as the scriptures have said, out of him will stream uh, rivers, rivers of living water from within him. Yes. And by this he meant the spirit who they had would come to receive later but had not received up to this point. And so what I really believe the Lord revealed to me is that the, the early and the latter rains that we seek in the New Testament Pentecostal church, the Holy Spirit baptized church, is the water that comes from us having a relationship with God. And as we, as we go through the early and latter rains of breaking up our fallow ground and seeding it with the word of God and the promises of God. And then we have the harvest of the righteousness of God. That's where the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this will be added unto you. What happens is, is the streams of living water begin to flow up out of us, creating early and latter rains for the harvest fields that are in our fields of influence. Yeah. So everywhere we go, we're speaking the truth of the word of God, bringing repentance to people's lives and the plowing of the fallow ground of their heart for the seeding of the word of God to bring forth the harvest of the latter day rains that we seek to have. And it says, so the Bible says you'll go in, in Psalms, it says that weeping lasts for the night, but uh, joy comes in the morning rejoicing. So. We go out one way and come in another. So we go out weeping and crying, repenting uh, over the condition of the hearts and the, of humanity where we are. But if we go out in the right spirit with early and latter day rains and the rivers of living water flowing up out of us, then we come back in rejoicing, bringing in the seas with us uh, from the harvest that we're after. So in order for there to be a spiritual harvest on the outside, so we'd say a spiritual harvest of souls, there has to be a spiritual caretaking of our soul. Yes. And so that's, it's directly related. If you, if you operate in the early and latter day rains on a personal level, then, and only then will you operate on a latter day rain on an outward level in the fields of harvest around you. Correct. Correct. And that's so, that's so good. That's a great illustration. Uh, I liked what you said about a continual basis for each of us, you know, each one of right. us, it needs to be a continual basis. I mean, just like you, if you're if you're living by the crops, like they do in so many countries around the world, like Israel used mm -hmm. to do, like we used to do 150 right. years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, every year, every year, the farmer had to still do exactly what you said uh, every year, and he had to soften and seed the ground every year, and uh, if he want later to get the harvest. And right. so we have to continually, continually, each one of us stay in that relationship with God that can bear a harvest. 
Right. So, I mean, I thought that was so good. Continual basis for each of us. And, or, or we're not going to see it harvest. And, and we need it right. so desperately right now. We need to do that first part uh, of softening and, and, and tilling the ground and planting the seed because there needs to be a tremendous repentance all through the United States. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, sometimes I, we act as if though, like I, sometimes I act, you know, we act like we have no part in what's going on in our culture. And yet we had and a huge it, part. <laughs> I mean, we, it, we, the reality is though, we are the, 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 the church of Jesus Christ is the soul of the nation. That's exactly right. So if the, so if the nation is corrupt, what does that say about the soul? It says the church is corrupt. So you can't, you can't, I mean, if, if your soul inside of you is walking right with God, you can't help but walk right on the outside. That's right. And That's if you right. don't, it'll bring, it'll bring you under conviction. I agree. And so, I mean, sometimes we just have to, I think we just have to quit playing this. We, we live in, that's what the Lord, when the Lord called me to be an apostle, that's exactly what he called me to my generation is to be, is to teach my generation to take responsibility for their actions and uh, stop. And the worst, you know, the worst way that we do that is by blaming whatever's wrong with us on somebody else. Yeah. And the church, we live in a culture that that's, everything is all about offense. Right. And uh, I'm offended by this or that, whatever. And the church has learned that very, very well. I mean, they're, we're offended by the. I didn't like what the pastor preached. It offended me. I didn't like what this, you know, the word of God or that. I hear people say all the time, you'll read from the Bible and they say, I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you, he, I mean, who, what makes you think that you get the, you get a choice on that? You're right. You know, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, let me read it for you again. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it kind of, it's kind of, it's, it, if it wasn't so serious, it would be comical. Yeah. That yeah. we read a book called the word of God. And then we have the audacity to say, well, yeah, but I don't believe that part. You know, I talked last night to, in our mid week staff devotion and intercessory prayer time, which was tremendous, but I talked on the rule of Jesus Christ and absolute truth. And uh, there is absolute truth that, the church, now not all of the church, but a great deal of the church, we have gotten away from absolute truth. Oh, and, yes, absolutely. And, and so that's our problem. Like you just said, I don't believe that. Well, it, there's absolute truth. It doesn't right. matter what you believe. Are you right. under the authority of Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship? Or are you your own little God like the scribes and Pharisees? Right. I mean, uh, the absolute truth is critical today. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, I think he said it right when he said that that my people have committed two sins. At first, he asked the question, has a nation ever changed as God yet you have? And he told him, he actually told him before that, he says, go out to the pagan nations and see if any of them ever changed their gods. Because he said they don't. Yes. Yet you have the eternal living God. Yes. And you're changing your God for a God that's no God at all. That's exactly right. And what he was basically saying is, you have a God who speaks to you and you're going to create a God that you only speak to it. And it tells you whatever you want it to tell you because it does not have a voice of its own. And when he said that, then he, then he says to Jeremiah, my people have committed two sins. They changed their God. Number one for, so they changed Christ for antichrist because you either have one or the other. There's no middle ground. And then he says, you know, they reject the springs of living water. That's what we're talking about. The fact that we talk about this latter rain, it's the Pentecostal outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 
that uh, creates these rivers within our being, the rivers of the living water of God, the cleansing, powerful streams that he wants to have going. He said, you reject those springs. And then he says, then what you do is you dig cisterns and uh, that cannot hold water. Yes. And so then what we do is, then what we do is we say, okay, we have a cistern. We call it a religion, whatever we want to. And then we have a revival and we put put as much water as we, we this is all I want. I want this much water in my cistern. But it won't hold water. It leaks out all the time. And so we have this 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 broken down system that we've created, religion, that we created ourselves. And then we wonder why it will not deliver, does not have the power to fulfill the promises of God. And we use we try to claim the promises of God and add them to our religion, and they won't work that way. They never have. God will not be, he will not bow down to us and succumb to our will in that way. And so that's what he said that they're doing there. We, we're making these incredible mistakes. And what happens is, is whenever we do that, it is about truth, but we don't really realize that the Antichrist comes to conceal the truth. Yes. And so, in the, and so when you talk about, and Jesus came to reveal the truth. And the difference is the word cons, C-O-N-S, cons, you know what that means, right? Yes. And so what happens is, is he can, the enemy comes and conceals the truth. And Romans 1 tells us how this actually works. It conceals the truth and it, by suppressing the truth and then gets us to exchange the truth for a lie. And then from the lie, we reject the absolute truth. And when we walk in that, then we begin to erase the absolute truth. And that's what we live in this whole culture today that's a, you know, a cancel culture that's all about erasing things. And they're trying to erase the truth of the living God. And what, that's why we need more of Jesus, because Jesus says, who do you say I am? And they started saying, well, some people say, he said, no, but who do you say I am? And, she, and Peter said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, upon this revelation, and so there's that revealed truth. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. Upon this revelation, I'll build my church in the gates of hell, the concealed gates of hell will not prevail against this church. And then he said, the cool thing about it is, is then he gives us these powers, he says, to loose and bind and to begin to operate in these incredible spiritual promises we have of the early and the latter day reigns. Because um, those are absolute truths that Jesus is Lord, that God's word is true, that we have to put ourselves in line to it. And I, I, I just love the Bible keeps telling us to seek the face of God. Yes. And it tells us in... Uh, Let's see, where's it at here? In, uh, it says that because of our sin, um, he hides himself. In, in Isaiah 59, it says, The arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Yes. Your, sin, your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Yeah. And For I your hands are stained with blood, your fingers are guilt. And he goes on, he says, no one calls for justice. No one pleads his case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments and speak lies. They can see trouble and give birth to evil. The way of peace they don't know. There's no justice in their paths. They have turned them into crooked roads, and no one who walks in them will ever know peace. Wow. So that you know, so that's in Isaiah 59, just before Isaiah 60, where actually that that passage of scripture 
is the last passage of scripture Jesus read in the synagogue before he was crucified. Yeah. So he had finished that out there. So, and that um, that goes into what you were saying again, into the you know the early latter reigns. It goes into when you said conceals, hides the you know if if we want to cover our sins, uh, then again, uh, how do we bear a harvest? We we first have to repent. We have to have right. a softening, a repentance on a continual basis, a continual right. basis. Or how do we constantly have a harvest? Right. And so the way we need to pray today, if we want to pray in the latter-day rains, the early in the latter rains that we need to have, it's kind of like we got to understand where we are. And it kind of when I, when I think about where we are in our culture, and I look in the Bible, yes. I think about the book of Judges. Because in the book of Judges, it says, on multiple occasions, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. It was kind of like people were walking around saying, this is my truth kind of some common thing you hear today speak your truth you know like our truth is not absolute truth it's just how we feel yes. at that moment and it can change and so we have this ever-changing truth you know flowing whatever that it creates all kinds of um deception As a matter of fact in that passage of scripture in isaiah he goes on to say we look for justice but we don't find any for deliverance but it's far away for our offenses are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands in a distance. Truth has stumbled in, in the streets, and honesty cannot even enter there. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. So it said if you shun evil, if you stand up and say this is evil, this is not truth, you'll, be, you'll become the prey of those people. And the Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He found no one to stand in the gap, no one to intercede. So Today, we have to stand in the gap and intercede to understand that this is, we're in a time when everybody's saying this. And then the second place we're kind of at is we're kind of like at the Tower of Babel. And what's really interesting to me about that is God said to the people of the Tower of Babel, they'll be able to do whatever they put their mind to. And he separated them into 70 different languages and 70 nations. And in the end times, it says that there'll be an, that, that knowledge will expand or there'll be an increase in knowledge. And that word is, means an exponential increase. And right now, knowledge is doubling about every two and a half years, doubling up. And so there's this exponential. So now we're back to, like, to the tower, but we can't communicate. And they're talking about uh, making human, be human beings live forever and all this different stuff through harvesting organs and whatever from all these different nonsensical ways they're talking about. And they're talking about erasing and kicking God out. And that's what Babel was all about. We're not going to we're not going to submit to you anymore. We're going to erase God's authority. He'll never be able to tell us what to do ever again, and we'll do whatever we want to. And so, God came last time and He divided up Babel. He gave the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking different languages, for us to have one unity in His church to do the bidding that He called us to do. But the Bible is very clear that when this expansion expansion of knowledge happens, it comes. It's going to be a time for a final judgment for the earth to come. And so the reality is, is we are living in the last day's harvest where God is telling us to put the sickle in and get busy about the work of the kingdom. And so I, I just think that's just kind of where we are, what we need to really be about uh, doing today is uh, reaching souls because that's what really matters. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. My special guest has been a do- apostle, Dr. Don Beasley, pastoring the Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. If you're out there, I would strongly recommend that you visit it. I think you're going to like it. Uh, we need to be under an Issachar. Don is an Issachar. He's aware of the times and seasons. He's preparing his people for what lies ahead so they're not taken captive and become victims and taken into, if we want to say, slavery. Uh, we're talking about the early and latter rains, a great need for revival in the United States of America. Uh, we need to be revived if we're going to be a beacon of light and help the world. The church yes. needs to be revived. Uh, we've just touched on in the, in the book of Judges, doing right in your own eyes, a tower of Babel, kicking God out, living forever, basically becoming our own little gods, and we nullify absolute truth. Uh, Don, can you come back next week? Absolutely, sir. I'd love to. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. Uh, in the book of Judges, doing what's right in our own eyes, a tower of Babel, we become little gods. That's what we're going to talk about next week. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tune in again. And uh, as we continue with this subject of absolute truth, the Tower of Babel, what do they do in their own eyes? God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.